Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander, and I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And it's the Easter weekend. We're we're all full of different things. Zach's full of religiousness. Is that the best word for that? Um, I, think, I think today's about somber reflection, Michael. Yes, we're recording this on Good Friday. This will probably come out on Easter Saturday, maybe even Easter Sunday. I, I, by then, I will obviously be full of carrot cake because I bought myself some to celebrate and looking forward to my cheap eggs on Monday. What, what are you full with this Easter weekend, Steve? I'm usually, uh, it's a movie weekend for me, um, including the, the Ten Commandments. Um, so that, that's a usual thing weekly, but a lot of movies uh, on the usually uh, long weekends. Cecil B. DeMille, that's a great, great film. Yeah, yeah we, we might circle back to that later in the show, in fact, because for me, the, the big Easter movie was always Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So that ties in, actually, with our wavelength. I'll keep that for the end of the show. But we've been starting off, if you're a regular listener. I, no, it, it's good. It, it's definitely, it's good. Zach will enjoy, very much enjoy. So regular listeners will know that we've been kicking off the last couple of shows by opening Steve's Christmas present. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's the 2011 Upper Deck Soccer Card Set. Just holding it up oh. to the, the camera. I have a special opener here. Go ahead, buddy. Okay. Oh. So yeah, we're, we're going to be opening two more packs in this show. And yes, because it's Easter and it's a special treat, we're giving Zach's son Kirk the treat of opening his pack. Ooh. I have no one to open mine, so I will just open my own one. We've, we've had some good ones so far. Do you want me to go one at a time again? Like go back and forth? Yeah. Uh, we have, I don't remember this guy actually. Junior Carrero from DC United. No, yeah, I don't remember Ooh. that well either. I've got a guy from the current MLS champs, Columbus crew. It's Eddie Gavin. Oh, nice. He's still around? I don't know. I no, wouldn't think so. Oh, uh, you mean the team is the current champs? I got you. I have uh, someone who worked for the fire department in Chicago. Um, I remember this guy, Corey Gibbs. Yeah. Oh. Sounds familiar. I, I'm keeping my second card to the end, and you'll see why when I bring it out. Oh, now, this, this is a good one. This is a legend in MLS. Colorado Rapids card, Ooh. Jeff 
Laurentovitz. Oh yeah, he big big. Is he still active? Is he with Atlanta right now? Yeah, he got let go by Atlanta. But if I, oh, did my my third one here, and I'm going these from the back to front. But uh, this is another one, uh, a special one. This is from the Washington Freedom. It's a WPS Super Draft. Megan Klingenberg. Megan Klingenberg. Oh, big Star Trek fan, I'm sure. <laughs> I've got a couple of DC United players coming up. I might actually just do both of them together. So first of all is Andy Najar. Yeah. Who yeah. was DC's... The Honduran. He was the MLS Rookie of the Year in 2010. So this was his, his following card. And then another... This, this is a Legends pack, actually. Bill Hamid. Oh, oh another actor player. Uh, my big... Oh, this is a... Hor- uh, uh, Horizontal. You can you can do two now. I got Javi Morales from the. Uh, oh, very good player. Yeah, very good player. And I have another um, uh, central midfielder. This is time American. Uh, this is his Colorado Rapids guard, Pablo Mastrani. Oh, it's also this way. I have a Houston Dynamo player, and it's another one that longtime viewers will of the league will know. Lavelle Palmer. Oh yeah, I remember him. Was it? He's Jamaican, right? I think. Yes. Yeah. He won three Jamaica Premier League titles with Harbour View. So who's, who's your last one, Zach? I was, I was waiting for your joke, but okay. Uh, last one is Philadelphia Union's Michael Orozco Fiscal. That I don't, I don't remember at all. So my last card. Now, we've talked about how Steve's gift is the gift that keeps giving. So this card is of a player who keeps giving the Whitecaps. It was their very first pick in the 2010 expansion draft. It's Saini Niasse. Oh, wow. Whitecap legend. Absolute oh. legend. What do we value him at? Like three million? Which I think is Some, undervaluing under, the way, way that these international sports yeah. are going for Some, right yeah, now. Yeah, something like that. Three million, we said. We, we, we need we to can do it. Uh, one, one of these weeks, I'll do it year by year, what the value was that, that particular year. And you should do an article on that. That would be a great article. Be, yeah, you could title would, like actually. MLS most, most Valuable Player or the the Most Valuable Draft Pick. Uh, Expansion Pick. Absolutely fantastic. For anyone that doesn't know, the Whitecaps picked him first in the 2010 expansion draft. It was sec- second overall. Had been with Seattle Sounders. Whitecaps took him, but then immediately traded him to Colorado Rapids for an international sport that lasts until 2030. 2031. Is it 20- oh, yeah, because it was 20 years. So, yeah, absolute legend. <laughs> So we've got a a shorter show than usual for you this episode, but that's because we are going to be bringing out a show midweek as well. But it's still going to be packed. We're going to be talking Whitecaps. We're going to be talking Canadian TV soccer rights and a few other things thrown in as well. But we'll be kicking things off, as always, by looking at the, the Whitecaps news of the week. Not the most noteworthy news of the week, I think it's fair to say, kind of to be expected. But I guess the the big news coming out of training, Diber Caicedo at training this week, looking sharp, looking to already have formed a good relationship with Christian Dahomey, who he knew a little bit before coming to the club anyway. The Colombian connection remains. Who needs Freddie Montero? We've got Dahomey and Caicedo. And like in all honesty... Say that again. Yeah. What watched Freddie score against us in all three games this year. But that 
Colombian connection. I'm very excited about what the what what he can bring to to the table. And the two of them just linking up on the wings, getting those crosses into Cavallini in the middle of the park. We've touched on it before, but from the, the videos of him at training, he's looking sharp. Very exciting, guys. Yeah, and it's uh, it's, it's it's kind of coming together. It has been a little slow, obviously, due to other reasons, but um, it's coming together. Um, you expected them to have good chemistry just because of, you know, having sharing a nationality and everything like that. And, 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 and it helps also Diver feel a little bit more comfortable uh, knowing that he has somebody in there. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the speed that these guys can generate, the playmaking ability they can generate on the wing um, is enticing. Like they, they obviously won't be like passing it to each other because they'll be on opposite sides of the field. But, you know, you can get the crosses into the far post and the other guy converts. So you can see that happening. And uh, the, I think the guy that really benefits from this is Cavallini. Um, I think that that's the guy that will benefit the most from this kind of uh, setup on the wings. Don't forget as well, there's a chance that we could see Dahomey playing through the middle, Zach, as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you could have Caicedo feeding Dahomey that way as well. But, I mean, that connection's great because it's also going to help Caicedo kind of settle in a little bit as well and get get used to things. Five foot five, so he's not the biggest guy, but that could also work in his favour. Yeah, I... Uh... Dahomey playing through the middle, it's, uh, you, that's got to be happening at some point this year. Um, so you're right. It is interesting for that. And it's, yeah, it's nice to hear and see a little bit that there's a good uh, initial kind of connecting for uh, for a new player like this, especially one that, you know, has been invested into and has there's some some hopes, some high hopes, maybe you, won't, you might say. It's, uh, it's early days, so we'll see how things uh, progress. Yeah, I, yeah. And I, I, one thing I want to mention too, like you talking about the homie playing in the middle, I can see that too. I can see, you know, how we mentioned before how uh, MDS wanted to play that, you know, the front three and interchange him and everything. It might not be the front three now. It might be the two wingers and the, whoever plays that number ten spot um, in the middle. And those three players could, because I could see Diver playing in the middle too, like uh, at some points, and whoever that other winger is could be probably slide in and out too. So I can see it like interchangeable there now. Instead of being because Cavallini, I don't see him playing on the wing. He's your target striker. So the three players beside him and behind him, uh, those could be the interchangeable parts that you see. That's a that's a good shout, Steve, for sure. Lots of teams work it that way, where their their three are um, whether it's they're the front three or they're the three right behind the, the, the central striker are pretty interchangeable and diverse. And especially if we don't have a, a number ten maybe coming into the summer, it gives us a, a look at maybe a four three three formation possibly even 3-4-3, which I know Canada kind of played uh, around a little bit. Obviously, slightly different opposition for, for the Whitecaps than who Canada were playing in the Caymans, but lot, lots of possibilities. I'm excited to, to see Saicedo in action. We're going to have the pre-season friendlies. As always, kind of have to temper it a little bit, let him find his feet, hopefully not fall off his feet too much, but... Let him kind of settle into the league, the new environment, everything like that. Just play a little bit of audio just now, just from MDS, just talking about what he's seen from Saicedo in the early going so far at training. What I saw from so many hours of scouting and recruiting with the staff, an explosive player, very fast uh, attacking the space, um, very aggressive in 1v1 situations, trying to pass by the fullback, but a very good technical ability to combine. 
um, a good mindset, a good energy. That's what we felt when we spent so many hours with everybody um, looking at him, studying him, looking at the, his numbers. So he, he kind of confirmed in the first training what he's about. But again, it's a young player um, that's going to need time to develop. But of course, that the first flashes that he showed in training were, were exciting for sure. So MDS talking about Debar Kaisido there, one of the guys at training this week. Great to see him there. A lot of the guys still not there. And the Canadian national team players, they, the guys that were away with the senior team and the under-23, so they've, they've wrapped up those camps. But under MLS protocols, they're not allowed to enter the MLS training environment for seven days. Every player has to go through a mandatory quarantine even if they had been in it before because they'd left that and they've gone back in it so they're just down the state still kind of in hotels doing as best training as they, they can in their rooms and stuff like that mds hopes that he's going to have those guys and as full a squad as possible ready to go on monday so easter monday down in utah we still don't know for certain, like, if Gaspar is going to be there, these guys that's had visa issues and stuff like that as well. But fingers crossed, MDS is hoping he's going to have as many of the squad available as possible. If he can get everyone together, starting from th- this coming Monday, it's what we need, Steve. It needs these guys together. They need to start working on things as a group because you're less than two weeks out now from the first game. Yeah, the chemistry is going to be huge, and that's where the biggest probably concern is. And unfortunately, like we said before, things come in the way, getting everybody together because of the international window and stuff like that. So that's going to be a huge thing, but it might be beneficial for them to be playing in RSL because they do have that um, close-knit community, and they might be able to bond a little bit better. Um, so I think if they were in Vancouver where they go back to their own homes where they're not isolated from everybody else, that that might have been a detriment. So that maybe this can be put into a positive, but it's too early to tell. We have to see exactly how they do it. It's early days. I guess the one thing I want to mention, Michael, is um, I didn't fully, I guess, fully grasp the MLS uh, protocols uh, in terms of these players returning. So one of the things that we, t- we talked in the past about being a positive uh, in terms of um, these guys going away with the national team and getting these games in and, and getting you know early training and actual matches in, um, we'll see if these seven days in isolation kind of kind of mess it up or, or or negate that. Right, that'll be one of the things I think that'll be interesting. Do those players who've had this extra time come come out flying, or does the seven days kind of make them, put them on an even playing field with the rest of the squad? Yeah, that's an interesting one because they've gone from training very intensely with the Whitecaps and then with Canada to kind of sitting in the hotel room for a, a week. It's going to do things t- to your body. I'd completely forgotten about that protocol uh, as well, actually. And all these visa issues, it, it's kind of nice to see it's not just the Whitecaps that it's impacting for once because it always feels like it's us that, that struggled to do this. Because even Seattle, they've been having issues getting a guy that's been with them for a while, Raul Ruiz Diaz. He's been trying to finalise his green card and because of that, he's had to go out the country and he's not been able to, to come back. Brian Schmetzer said on Wednesday, and here's an exact quote from him, it's Wednesday, and if I don't see him by Friday, my head might pop off my body. He's visibly frustrated at the difficulty of getting these players in. 
that's just one guy he's had to deal with. Think about the Whitecaps that's got all these guys that they're not able to, to deal with. But at least it isn't just the Whitecaps being penalised for that. It obviously does make things difficult for, for the Whitecaps in, in terms of getting that chemistry going, working on drills, everything like that. That was some of the questions I, I put to MDS on Wednesday when he, he spoke to, to media. Let's hear a little bit more now from MDS. Hey Mark, how are you doing today? Good, Michael, and you? Ah, very good. Just watching Scotland doing well, so that always puts me in a good mood. What's the score now? 3-0 over the Faroes. Okay. Yeah. I guess keeping it on a little bit of an international theme then, the the Canadian guys have obviously finished up with the under-23s and, and the senior team. What's been the plans for them this week? Are they going to be training together in a group down in the States? And is it going to kind of mirror what you guys are, are doing up here this week? Yes, there's a, there's a recovery part for some of the players. Uh, all different cases. Um, you have Guti that was there but didn't participate in any game. And then you have Baldi and Pat that accumulated a lot of minutes. Um, so there's a plan that is um, player by player, uh, but they're all uh, going to be in Salt Lake already. They're all uh, going to train in one group until they're able to join the team. So again, there's a protocol, COVID uh, protocol uh, for them to training in groups before they train with the team. I think that um, everyone's going to be able to be together as of Monday. Uh, I think training on Monday will have everybody from the roster together. But before that, no, it's still groups. You've obviously got the last week of training here in Vancouver this week. What's the key focus this week? I I'm assuming you can't wait to get everyone to, together next week and work with the full group. But what's the key focus this week? I know uh, Saicedo's there. How's he kind of looked at the, the opening of, of training for you? Yeah, look, everything is about uh, with the guys that we think have the best chance of playing minutes in the MLS. Um, our plan is to get them more and more uh, ready to play in the way we want to play. Of course, that it's easier when you have everybody together, but now we have two different types of groups. You have a group that is uh, a group of players that are uh, in our roster and are eligible to play MLS games, and that group, you need to get them ready. Um, then you have the group of uh, 15 players. It's still a lot of players that are academy players, and... Uh, those players, you want to develop them, you want to bring them to a level where they could have a chance of one day playing for our club. So it's been a very special five weeks when it comes to a, to a preseason. Um, but I think, again, you know, the level of intensity in training, the intensity of how they go about things, the commitment in training has been good. Um, that's the positive but any coach in the world would tell you that the best way to prepare a team is when you have all the team together. And right now, that's been the biggest challenge in preseason. I was talking to Samuel Piet about this um, on one of the Canada calls last week. Obviously, you've got guys like Kava and Max. They're going to be going from, from club to country to club to country, different training methods, different stuff like that. 
how hard is it going to be to kind of keep these guys and the mental focus that you're needing over this this course of the season with going back and forward and into the different setups? Well, I think it's a good question. The first, you have to to make sure that the the character and the type of person the player is is very important in a process like that. That he's able to care not only for the national team but also care for the club. Um, you have some work to do in concentration and in the mindset every time you bring a player from the national team uh, in and out. Because what I learned with experience is the three, four days prior to a player getting called to the national team, or if he knows, I'll just give you an example of dates. If he knows that the 17th is traveling, the training of the 14, 15, 16 is always weird because the player is thinking about not going full in, being careful. He wants to make sure he's in the plane uh, to represent his country. And then when the player comes back, there's another process of four or five days of uh, reintegration inside our methods and the way we want to play. So you 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 always go through a transition um before the player goes and when the player comes back so look honestly it's uncomfortable for a coach of a club but it's the way the season is going to be when it comes to roster i i saw the schedule i know uh, the pockets where there's international games when we're going to be missing um, player A, B, and C. It's going to be a challenging uh, year when it comes to that. It's not going to be easy to have everybody all the time together focusing in one mission. And we're going to have a lot of work to do on that side, that's for sure. The same way uh, John Erdman's going to have work uh, to reintegrate players and letting them go and reintegrating again. It's not going to be easy for no one, but we knew that after what happened in 2020 uh, with COVID, that 2021 would have a, a very condensed and I call it aggressive schedule. Thanks so much, Mark. Safe travels. Thanks. So MDS there, just talking about getting things done as best as possible at training with the limited numbers that he's got. Now, he's spoken a lot in the, the last couple of weeks about it. it's been good. It's let him see a lot of these academy guys. And we're going to be carrying a full roster. It sounds like a few of these academy guys that's been training with them are going to make the, the trip down to, to Utah as well, just to, to kind of keep that going. So, I mean, that's promising to see. It's sounding closer and closer now that Cam Habidala is going to be getting a, a homegrown deal. MDS also touched on the fact that these guys are, are going to get loaned out and, and stuff as well. So but, but we'll kind of see what happens with all of that. But that seems like an ideal place to end this part. We will be back talking more Whitecaps after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. 
Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our new Artist of the Month here at AFTN for April, hailing out of Washington, D.C. It's a blast from the past. It's blast-off country style. A 90s band that I absolutely adore. can probably file that into the AFTN obscure category. Don't know how popular they were over on these shores, but in Scotland they were pretty much unheard of. But an ex-girlfriend of mine put one of their songs, the song that you've just heard there, Comet Song, on a compilation tape that she made up for me. Fell in love with the song, fell in love with the girl as well. Then tried to get as much stuff by them as I could, but their stuff was impossible to get hold of in Scotland. So whenever I came over to America or Canada on vacation, I kind of picked up what records of theirs that I could. They only released one proper album, one mini-album, and a 17-track album, which was a compilation of their first four EPs. And that song there is taken from their second EP, 1993's Giggles and Gloom. I just love the, the sound of that band, the kind of jangly guitars, the female vocals... I've always loved female vocals, female-fronted bands. In the 90s, that was one of the things that I collected. I've got so many 7-inch singles and CDs and stuff of very similar-sounding music to that, whether it's like Scottish bands like Lungleg, Sally Skull, kind of less jangly but kind of similar style, English band Heavenly, and then the American band there, Blast Off Country Style. I hope you're going to enjoy the songs that we play for you this month. I know I will. But that was a song about aliens landing on the planet, meeting the lead singer and taking her on trips through outer space. If you've been listening to our recent shows, you know that's something I'm very fond of doing as well with Whitecaps players, as we put them in the TARDIS for some football time travels taking them back in time to relive some famous matches. So who is taking a trip in the TARDIS with us this episode? Why, it's none other than Whitecaps and Canadian goalkeeper Maxime Cripple. We've just started this this fun section, Max. We've spoken to a couple of the guys about this so far. We're kind of, I don't know if you watch Doctor Who, but we're, we're putting you in the TARDIS. We're letting you travel anywhere back in time to watch any three football matches. Now, it could be a match you played in. It could be a match that you've already been to and you watched and you just want to relive it. Or it could be a match that you really, really wish that, that you had been at or a, a game in history a famous game like say the first ever World Cup final so what what would be the three matches you would love to go back in time and take in as a fan uh, I would love to to go uh, Canada so the only World Cup we've been just one of the games whatever group state whatever just one of the games whoever the opponent and as a fan watch that uh, as a fan under 17 World Cup uh, my first World Cup against Uruguay, I got injured. I got my ACL, MCL done. No surgery, but all the first year teared back uh, 
I was in grade 11 or something, grade 12. So just finishing high school, basically. And uh, I didn't go to the prom because I was doing the World Cup. But I wish I was in the stand watching a version of a young Max playing against Uruguay. Just because I had such a good time in that game. And then, obviously, uh, I got got off a stretcher. But just such a good time to see it. And then uh, the third and uh, last, which might seem weird a little bit, but that's because uh, I had as a teammate, Didier Drogba, in the Champions League final that he scores the winning penalty and the header. Uh, I would love to be on that stadium because we, we talked a little bit about that game, these moments, and I watched on, on TV, I remember, but being in that stadium, yeah, that would be that would have been special just because I, I had the chance to, to, to have him as a teammate, yeah. Fantastic selection. A lot of folks picked various Champions League finals. That's the first one we've had of that particular final, but great stuff. Maxime Cropot jumping in the TARDIS with me for some time-travelling adventures. But the Whitecaps are all packed up, headed down to Utah on Friday. There was an interesting piece on CTV News on Thursday night. If no one's seen it, try and, try and find it on the CTV website. Basically, because they're going down for at least three months and they can't come and go the way that they did before, anything that is able to get moved from the training centre, all the drill gear... Um, just everything to do with the club, it's all getting packed and shipped down there. I think they said something that was like 53 lorries full of stuff is going down to Utah. They've just basically packed everything up and just emptied the training centre. And another example of just how crazy this is for, for the Whitecaps to have to deal with all this. Yeah, and but it makes sense too, and I'm glad they made the commitment because then they're not relying on other people to provide stuff. They know their stuff, and they know how what to deal with it. It also brings the I think the players a little bit more familiarity with the the training and everything. So I'm glad they made that commitment. Um, I wasn't expecting that to happen. That that's not something I would expect them to do. Uh, but it's good on them to do that. I remember the time they had to borrow socks from the Flounders in in, in Seattle. And you never want that to happen. So, yeah, it's good they're taking all their own stuff. Yeah, I, they I have still to... remember them borrowing the jersey. In the jersey, first yeah, year. I was yeah. going to mention that. San, it was a San Jose game or something. San Jose from, yeah, from the supporters. <laughs> it was like the, the actual reversal of jerseys off your back from the players to the fans. They had yeah. to take players off the back of the fans to, to go on the players. Didn't Tractor Boy get a Mustafa Jarger jersey from? He might have. It's like, here's your reward. Here's a judge. That's a collector's <laughs> item. Yeah, it is. Unsoiled, there was, barely there was used. A, I still remember, and I can't remember the name. You guys came up with a great, like, uh, heavy metal band a name from the whole episode, like the whole scenario. I was on Twitter. I just can't remember what it was, but it was a really good. It was Blood something, and I can't remember what it was. Blood Spare or something like that. Oh, that that was just another one of those crazy tales from that that inaugural season. Absolutely madness. Should also mention, um, I don't know if we want to talk about it here. Uh, you were mentioning 2011, and this is actually the 10 year anniversary of the sporting Kansas City Vancouver Whitecaps game, the 3 3 game. Yeah, oh, today, this day, uh, April, April 2nd. Yeah, oh wow. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because I know that's, that's still your favorite call of all time, Steve. Yeah, 
I mean, that is right. I mean, Nielsen has lost his nut or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. That that game, that that was my first ever game in the Whitecaps press box. Because I'd had a press pass, but I kind of stayed watching from the stands. And then I just went post-game to to, to the press conferences. But I, I made the commitment that game to sit in the press box. What a bad game to pick to do that in. Because that is still right up there. I, I would say that is the the second best late comeback games that I've ever taken in in, in real life. life. Yeah. yeah, for me it would be number one. And and honestly, I know that the the season opener had so much you know behind it and everything. There was something about like even though it ended up being a draw, there was something magical about that game because there you were so down because uh, not only were they you know down in the score, but Teal Bunbury had scored I think a couple of goals yes. in that game, and so you were pissed off about that. And then uh, and they were doing like a really cheeky celebration where the whole team would just surround them or something like that in a huddle, and they took their time celebrating that one. Um, so you were pissed off by that, but then the goals came in, and then you got, I think, uh, Tiba Harris kind of fied it in, uh, and then uh, Camila with the two injury time goals, and uh, and there was, and then I, it, the one that he he actually where Jimmy Nielsen lost his nut, it wasn't actually on the, I don't think it was on the third goal, it was actually a, a chance where they almost won the game. Yeah, they could have won it for that. Yeah, they almost was, won it, and that's where Jimmy Nielsen lost. That it. was Nizar Kelfan, right? Who yeah, showed, yeah, that was yeah, that was incredible. You also remember, you also remember who scored the third goal, right, for Kansas City? Ty Kamara, I think Ty it was. Kamara, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, that that was a yeah, a remarkable, remarkable day. It was the third game of the year. Um, I Mass and I had traveled to Philadelphia for the second game of the year in uh, in Philly. And that, that that Philly one was one where Eric Hasley got sent off, right, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, he wasn't even in this game. Yeah, well, I think if memory serves correct, if there was VAR at the time, I think uh, I think the guy who kicked Atiba Harris, I think, might have been sent off in that game. I think it was a game where Harris got injured really bad. Oh, but um, yeah, no, Eric got Eric got <laughs> Eric got sent off for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was it, the thing about those first, I think, four games. It was like they were all so memorable. Right, because after that you had you, and maybe we'll talk about it later, but or another time. But well, it's in four days, so I don't know if we will have a oh, chance yeah, we to talk about it. But yeah, so then there was the the amazing one-one draw with with the Revolution, which saw Gersh. I think Gersh sent off or two players sent off. Two, was, two. Oh, that was yeah, the one where Hasley yeah, took off his second yeah. jersey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like those first four games, it was just like, wow. I don't, I, and, and the, and the heartbreaking like, what about the New England was they almost held on for like half an hour with that one goal lead, and there yes. was an injury time goal. I don't remember who it was, but there was it was that goal was an injury time too that made it one one. I'll tell you the, who it was. The thing is, it was Baltimore Toledo was the ref. That's all I remember. Yes. Well, that was hard to not remember. That game, I actually went. I I left the press box and was in the stands for. <laughs> I've I've got video. I don't think I ever put it up of Hasley's penalty and taking his shirt off and me going oh he's going to get sent off he's going to get sent off yeah Ilya Stolika got the oh, equalizer yeah. uh, in 93 plus I mean we've mentioned it before but you look back at that first year and it was such a crap year really when you look back at the end result but the start of it those four games absolutely phenomenal 
amazing game. And it's like still some of the most action-packed and most memorable games of 10 years in MLS for the Whitecaps. I think that maybe says a lot about the Whitecaps yeah. and how they played a lot in the in the years since, but just absolutely action-packed. And then when we are opening the cars, and like Steve mentioned this last week, you're pulling out these legendary names that oh, you remember them so well. But like trying to name some of the guys from 2020, 2021, you'd be struggling with. If you pulled them out of a card pack, you'd be like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. Now, the reason I say that's my second best game, comeback game that I, I've seen live in all my life, 30th of November, 2002, East Fife down at Gretna, who were big spenders, folk all know yeah. the, the Gretna story, and then they en- end up going bust. East Fife were two down uh, after two goals in a minute for Gretna just after half time. They pulled one back in the 57th minute, but then it was like 2 1 going into stoppage time, and then East Fife scored to make it 2 all. We all went absolutely mental, and then straight from kickoff, we won the ball back and then got the winning goal. And it place erupted, there was a mini pitch invasion. A guy that's now in his Fife director ran on the pitch going absolutely crazy because he was a, a little bit drunk at the time. But that was such a long trip. It's like a three-hour trip and it just made it all all the worthwhile going home from that. So that that's my best game because we came back and got the win. If Cal Fan had put that one away for the 4-3, I think that would have put that to number one. Yeah, that would be the best of all time. And funnily enough, the guy that got the winning goal for East Fife that day was Kenny Duker who spent time in MLS with Real Salt Lake, where the Whitecaps are going to be sharing their stadium with for the, the 2021 season. But the Whitecaps are back in action less than two weeks. Although by the time that this, this show comes out, it's probably actually going to be about two weeks before. We hope to bring this one out on Saturday night, so it'll be two weeks before the MLS season gets underway. And you do feel that they're still a little bit off the pace. That first game is going to be against the Portland Timbers. And just to kind of finish this segment off, Portland are one of the five MLS teams that is in action this week and next week in CONCACAF Champions League action. You've got TFC playing Lyon on April 7th. Philadelphia Unions playing Saprissa on April 7th as well. Portland will play the day before against Marathon down in Honduras on April 6th. You've got Atlanta playing Alajulense in Costa Rica, also on April 6th. And then Columbus Crew away to Real Esteli on April 8th. But I think that is it for the, the MLS chat in this part. We touched on the CONCACAF Champions League start in this coming week as well. Michael, where can you watch that? Well, funnily enough, two places, but I'll, I'll come to that. But the, the main legal place that, that you can watch it in Canada, is on one soccer because they have the exclusive rights. Now, in last week's show, I said I wanted to talk a little bit about TV rights in Canada and various things like that as well. And that's just exactly what we're going to do in the next part. And that's coming up after this. Hey, I am Axel Schuster, and I'm listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, especially for Easter, since we're recording this show on Good Friday, it's the Stone Roses with their classic, I Am the Resurrection. Just thought it had a nice little Easter feel to it. It's not about Easter, Zach, so, so don't worry about that. Yeah, we're, we're doing a shorter show this this time in this episode. This also feels like a good time as well just to, to let people know what our plans are for the, the next couple of weeks. So we're going to be doing a show midweek around the Canadian Players Union. We'll be back next weekend looking forward to the season ahead. So it's kind of going to be our Iron Whitecaps pre-season show. We're going to have our predictions as to where we think the Whitecaps will finish, various things around that as well. We're going to be talking to some other journalists from around the league, sharing insight into Montreal, TFC perhaps, and some of our Western Conference opposition. Joe Deasy and the gang will hopefully be back for a special preview show as well. They've got something that they're working on, so hopefully that will come out as well. And then for first kick... Sunday, April 18th, we're going to be back with a special live YouTube show, a watch-along, just talking about the game and a few other topics as well. So if you want to get involved in that, watch our Twitter feed. We'll be taking as many questions as we can that day about the season ahead for the Whitecaps and in the MLS. But for this part of the show, I want to talk about something that we didn't have time to talk about on last week's show, and that is the broadcasting of soccer in Canada in 2021, the current media landscape for that. Now, all of the MLS games for the Canadian teams will be getting shown on TSN and TVA for the Montreal games. So if you want to watch the Whitecap games, TSN is the place to be. We still don't know what's happening with the Whitecaps radio rights as to where they'll be shown. There's lots of rumours that one of the FM stations is going to change and become a sports station, involve a lot of the Team 1040 guys and kind of bring that back as well? Yeah, I don't know about that because uh, uh, the morning show that used to be on TSN has gone down to Sportsnet. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, one of the bigger people that were in the afternoon, um, or the sorry, the mid-morning, has actually got a TV show now. They're doing it on, on Czech TV. And then um, uh, Sakaris and Price are doing their podcast or something like that. And yeah. uh, but, I mean, if all those guys get the chance to get a proper radio gig, I'm pretty sure that they'll they'll switch to that just for yeah, the, the payment aspect of, of yeah. it. But I mean, the Whitecaps, Axel had said they're looking at a number of options. One of it was kind of like just doing an in-house thing. So I guess we'll we'll find out soon because the season is is just two weeks away now. But the Concacaf Champions League kicks off in the week to come. The rights for that is going to be on One Soccer, exclusively just now on One Soccer. There has been talk, though, that One Soccer is going to license the TFC CCL games, at least, to a cable operator where folk can watch those games there. It's going to depend, I guess, on how much the cable operators want to pay One Soccer for it to to see if it is worthwhile. Because the Champions League is not something that a lot of people are into yet and watching this, but obviously it is a TFC game. There's been a lot of complaining from TFC fans that that's the only way that they're able to to watch the games. Previous games have been shown, obviously, on TSN, but the rest of the Champions League, you've had to basically find it on CONCACAF 
if you wanted to watch that online. I'm guessing, just from my experience with the Olympic qualifiers, that if you go onto CONCACAF's YouTube channel from a non-North American VPN, for example, UK or Europe, you're going to be able to watch the games on that because that's how I watched some of the, the Olympic qualifiers initially. But, I mean, is it a big blow? I, I talk a lot about raising the profile of the Champions League and the only way to do that is to have it on TV this is going to do the complete opposite of that if it's just on a streaming service. And we'll get into more of the ins and outs of the streaming service. But are, are you disappointed to, to see them picking up the, the Champions League rights? Or is this another tick in the box for one soccer to get people to subscribe? Yeah, I, I think it is helpful for them in that, that right. Although if they do license, uh, you know, farm out the, the TFC games, then that's going to hurt their... Like I don't think you have too many people subscribing for the other Champions League games. Also, it could be two and done for for TFC in this competition. Yeah, it could be. I think that the 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 TFC the thing is it, it would be wise for them. Maybe they can by uh, getting if, if it is only two games. Maybe the the money that they get for those TFC games co- covers the rights costs. Uh, for them putting in a concrete So it might be reasonable for them to do that um, because they need to cover their costs essentially for whatever they paid for the rights. Cause I don't think they can do that by subscription only. Um, it's, it's very unlikely. And they probably got enough feedback that they seen that uh, TFC supporters are not going to be paying for those uh, games. So I think that this might be the reasonable thing if they can get some money from TSN. Yeah. I, I do wonder how they, how the, how this came about. Like, did they say, Hey, if we get these things, we can, we can make money by by auctioning off the the rights to just the the Toronto games or or even just Canadian team games long term, or is it like they got it and they're now realizing hey this is not going to help subscriptions so we we need to, to like just cover the cost and so we'll we'll firm it up. Yeah, I I think that is the way that they're going to make money because all the stuff that they've got the license for they can if they want sub license it to one of the the mainstream sports channels. But this just basically brings us to a general discussion about football in Canada. Because as of right now, it's a veritable feast of football. If anything, and I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, there's too much football available to watch just now. And I say that as somebody that in the past week has watched East Fife on Saturday, Canada Under-23s on Sunday, Canada Senior Team on Monday... East Fife on Tuesday, Scotland on Wednesday as well as Sunday, East Fife on Thursday, no games on Friday, and then East Fife again on Saturday because East Fife's had four games in eight days as they try and cram in the thing. I'm almost footballed out. Obviously not everyone else is watching East Fife and Scotland games, but there's so much to watch just now. The Zone's got the rights for Champions League. They've got the rights for the English Premiership, the Championship... Serie A, some of the other foreign leagues as well. You've got one soccer that's got the Canadian Premier League. They've got all the Canadian national team matches at all levels. They've got the Gold Cup coverage for this year. They've now got the CONCACAF Champions League coverage. And if you want the Mexican League, they've got that thrown in. I believe the Brazilian League as well and the Chinese league as well so you've got those things so one soccer is looking to try and take some things that, that no one else has the rights for sportsnet and tsn 
have lost most of their, their coverage. Sportsnet still have the FA Cup, so they've been showing games in that. TSN obviously have MLS, and they've been showing that. Not as many games as they could, and then the zone pick up the, the games that TSN don't want to show. When you start to add it all together, though, it starts to prove costly. Because for DAZN, it's $150 a year or $28 a month. $74.99 for one soccer, or you can get $9.99 a month. We don't know with the, exactly what the CPL is going to look like this year. They're hoping for a full season, so that makes that great value for money. TSN, CBC is going to have the Olympics as well. Some of those will, will probably end up maybe on TSN, maybe even Sportsnet. But people seem loath to pay to get their football. The zone was criticised for having to pay to get that when soccer's been criticised. You have to remember, though, that TSN and Sportsnet aren't free either. You need a cable package to get that. And some of their stuff is shown like on TSN 5, for example, or Sportsnet 360 that's out with just the basic cable package that some folk would have. So you are still paying for that. It's just it doesn't feel like it because it's part of your your, your part, cable station. It's part of your normal package. That's the thing. Like it was paying for a, a specific streaming service for a specific sport or sports or whatever is not a normal thing. Um, and people are slowly like look at the back of the day. How many people? How slow was Netflix to roll out? Because there were certain mm-hmm. shows. It is, Netflix didn't explode explode overnight, so people weren't used to putting the being only able to watch those shows or movies on a streaming service so it does take some time uh to get used to it's just a matter of how long like i think the zone is fine because the zone has uh the bigger leagues on their streaming service so and um, darts yeah uh, so they have those those things on there so that attracts people uh attract people in canada that want to watch that but i guarantee you there's not as many people watching that as would, would watch it if it was on tsn uh that's 100 so um, that that's just the way it is. Even I think you're talking about other the Sportsnet world when they were putting certain games on their uh, packages, yeah. people weren't happy about that either. So it's well, just, yeah, because all their Scottish games weren't on Sportsnet World, so you had even to some have the, Sportsnet World to watch that. And then some of them, uh, some of the Premier League games that were the big yes. games, they would put that on uh, Sportsnet yeah. World, so that people would be very upset about that. They put the the lesser teams or the middle teams to on the on the free channels. So it's just people are getting tired of it and maybe being able to watch your national team is probably the last straw. And the, while they might be throwing their blame at one soccer, it's just not, that's the only person that they could throw blame at at this point. Yeah, I'm going to play Diffle's advocate in this by giving both sides of the argument because I do see both sides of the argument, Zach. But I mean, what's your thoughts on so much things being on so many different streaming services sports wise I, I think you failed to mention the the greatest league in the world the bundesliga which is also on sportsnet oh yeah uh, although I, forgot, they put, I genuinely forgot about that because i never watched it although they do put a they do put some of the well the, some of the games are on sportsnet world right um but mostly the Bayern games which is the biggest draw because of alfonso davies are on like the the ones that are in the packages as opposed mm. to sportsnet world which you have to pay more for so I've like I used to have Sportsnet World back in the day, but I haven't had it for years. And now, I, even though I would want it to watch the all the Bundesliga games, um, depending on the week, you, you I mean, f- included in, in the package, you get either from usually from one to seven Bundesliga games out of nine every week. So it's 
I mean, a couple weeks ago was I didn't love it because I only got to watch one, li- you know, live. But um, there's been some week, and during the pandemic, it might even be up to eight or eight or all nine. Uh, last year, when there was nothing on, they were, they were showing lots of it. But um, and that's, I mean, that, it all, I guess it all depends. I mean, it depends on what you care about. So for for someone like me, like yeah, I want to watch the Canadian Canadian stuff, and I want to watch Bundesliga, and I like to watch Champions League and Europa League. So I choose to pay for those things. And that's they're, they're, they're on three different yes, platforms. Yeah. Well, I should say, I, I, I actually, the first time I've had a full subscription to One Soccer was this week, where I was just like, I, I, want, I don't want to miss World Cup qualifying. I want to be able to watch it. Uh, I'm not going to use uh, a stream, whatever. I decided that a long time ago in life, that I'm not using illegal streams from, from places, just a personal choice. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I was just, this week I finally, I was just like, okay, I'm paying the 80 bucks or whatever. So that I have one soccer for the year. I mean, I've had one soccer in previous, previously in different forms, but, um, yeah, so you're right. It, it is, it, it's not cheap, right? If you want to have everything, cause we also didn't talk about like there's BN sport, which you can get through cable now, but yeah, it has Turkish league. And I, th- I want to say French league and Spanish oh, has the Spanish league and, you can also, I think it's on, I want to say it's the Pluto app, but there's there's an app on the Fire Stick, like a legal legal app that has BN Sports Extra oh. free that also has other leagues that's oh. not shown on the main BN station. Yeah. I don't agree with you, Michael, that there's too much on just because like, I mean, there's a lot. I agree with you, there's a lot. But like for me, the stuff that is like less interesting to me, like tonight, for example, I'm probably going to put on one soccer and put on the Mexican league game, but I'm not like going to like, it's not going to have my full attention. I'm going to be multitasking or I'm going to be playing a game with my family or actually, well, tonight I'm going to be watching, I'm going to be chatting through Ant-Man from, uh, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I might put the, that uh, Cruz Azul game on to the side and just kind of semi follow it. So I, I, I like the ability to do that because I, I like to have something on. That's just how I, I operate uh, and how I function well is having, uh, you know, a game or something that, uh, that uh, something going on while I'm working on stuff. So um, for me, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. The one thing that's been weird is the UEFA TV. I have a question for you guys. UEFA TV, oh. which is, I, when it first came out, I thought it was going to have everything, but this week has been hit or miss. So I got to watch yep. some Germany games and not others. Yeah. UEFA TV during the Nations League stuff was fantastic because they oh, had everything. Great. But for the World Cup qualifiers, they've only picked select games right. and it's the top teams. So, for example, they have not had the Scotland games on. Yeah. The, I, the thing is with me is I'm I'm more, as you guys know, I'm more of an entertainment type of guy. So I have my subscriptions are all Disney Plus, mm. Amazon, Netflix, um, um, Spotify for music. Um, and a, a couple of a couple of I have a subscription for online stuff that I u- use and everything like that like for program programs on, on my computer. But yeah, I, I just, I'm still not in that position where I want to pay for sports in addition. Well, like, that, that was like, I don't that's even, great. You've said that. Cause that was what I was going to say next. Like, I don't even want to like I, my team um, uh, in, in the NFL, the green Bay Packers, which is are owned by shareholders. Um, so they're fan supported. They're not on TV all the time, but I don't want to buy even the NFL Sunday ticket because. But I, you just, I just need the zone because the I zone just, has all have, the NFL but, games. What on I'm try, what I'm trying to say is I don't have any interest in that at all ah, okay. to buy that. Oh, even in the past years or anything like that. So it's it's just not something that is like 
uh, pulls to me to buy an extra sports package wherever I have to. Yeah, I, I only got to zone because it was the only way to watch the Champions League. I, or sorry, only went. I, I had to zone. I stopped, and the only reason I went back to it was to watch the Champions League. My my main reason for getting it was actually because of the darts, because I had a subscription to PDC TV for all the darts stuff. But they've got all the darts stuff. I was paying something like $99 just for the darts. So for $150, I get all the football as well. If they didn't have the darts, I probably still would have done it just to watch the Premier Games, and they've got boxing, and they've got so much. But this was the question I was going to pose you. So Steve's touched on it, Zach. People are happy enough to pay for like Disney+, Plus, Amazon Prime, Netflix. But when it comes to paying for sport, they seem to balk at that. And there's more outcry of, why should I have to pay for these these games? Well, why do you think that is? I, I think two things. One, I think it's because traditionally where we live, especially, or in Canada or North America, those things have been in TV packages. So they're, they're, they're used to it being not free, but seemingly like you're not paying extra for it. I also think there may be another thing is maybe they're less like, I think it feels like, well, I, again, out of tradition, you either um, watch it on TV on your part of your package, or I pay to go to the stadium and to watch it. And so I think paying extra for it maybe feels like a, like I'm going to pay extra to go live, but I'm not going to pay extra to not be, not watch it live. But that's just, that's just a hypothesis on my behalf. I think it's also it's been around for longer too. The uh, the 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 entertain the Netflixes and the other ones they've been around longer. So you you I've gotten used to that. Um, and and like I said, uh, like Zach said too. Like for me, the 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 that part of it, the, the you know the Netflixes and all that, uh, they have kind of things where, like especially shows where you can't go out somewhere to do it. You're not going to a stadium to watch it. You're watching it at home. And really no option there. I still go to movie theaters, but now I've noticed that I go to movie theaters for the big event movies, not the, mm. not the, I used to go to movies a ton. Yeah. Um, uh, like I would go to maybe three to four movies a week, especially when I was in school. Um, and those afternoon classes were really boring. So I'd go to a movie instead of going to class in, in college. So, um, uh, so I, the, I, nowadays I go to just like the Marvel movies or, a Star Wars movie or the big event movies. I won't go uh, to smaller movies like the independents. Like I used to, uh, I think the thing's called Tinseltown. Yeah. And then, and, and, and the, in the, in the near downtown or whatever. Yeah. I used oh. to go there all the time to watch the, those smaller independent type movies. I don't do that anymore because you got all these Amazons and Netflix, uh, HBO stuff. That's interesting. Cause when I was back in Scotland, I used to, to love going to like the art house cinemas there was two in Edinburgh, the cameo and the film house, and they showed lots of the independent films and foreign films. And I'd, I'd go like through to Edinburgh a couple of times a month just to, to go and watch those films. But it's something that I've now, I don't even think of doing that here because of all the streaming and the lack of time. But people for sport, and it's interesting to hear your takes on it because obviously I'm still newish to the country. I came here in 2007 and... Folk have always said to me, oh, you're so lucky to come over when you did because in the late 90s and into the 2000s, there was just hardly any football on TV. And it was, it was just impossible a, to watch it. It was just a weekend sports update for the Premier League. That's essentially the only show. I can't remember who the hosts were. I'm drawing yeah, a blank, Graham, but... Soccer Saturday with Graham Leggett. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, and it was literally, Michael, in the 90s, when I first started into football, you were watching a show where they gave you the updates on the scores and the scores from that day's match, but you were watching the previous week's highlights or extended highlights in some cases and truncated highlights from both the, the, the English Premier League and other leagues in Europe and then the European competitions. Yeah. And then also at the time, actually, Europe was on uh, – some of the European games were on TSN as well. Um, live or they started in the mid 90s because mid 90s the yeah. Champions League, the, especially the finals, would be on, yeah. For sure. But like, yeah, with, into the late 90s, maybe even early 2000s, it was Soccer Saturday and it was like, what? And then they started having like, uh, I can't remember when, but they started having like, oh, now we have a like a live game and we'll do all that other stuff before or after it kind of thing. But I, I remember a few times I'm cutting away to like live stuff and it was like, you're like, oh, they're like, oh, this happened today. Like, I remember, I think, uh, Cantona's kick. Of the fan, oh, yeah. like, they're like, "This happened today in in a Crystal Palace or what's a stadium called?" Um, Selhurst Park. Selhurst Park. Yeah, that was they're a like, midweek game, I think. Oh, I it? seem to remember it being a uh, Wednesday so because maybe, I remember okay. I remember watching the highlights so maybe, that night, maybe, and it's like maybe oh, we saw it on that's, Saturday. They're like, this that, that was, that's essentially the origin of me becoming a fan of his, and thus becoming a fan of Manchester United. Yeah, that boy, that that kick. Well, that one I know violence. For, for sure. <laughs> the weekend they showed extended highlights of that game for sure. Interesting, because the reason I was mentioning that is because I'm thinking, well, if you if you went from nothing and now you've got all this at your fingertips, why would you not think, oh, I can pay pay to get this? Now, flip side of the argument, all these streaming services add up. It costs a lot of money. Now, I, I I'll be honest, I've got my Amazon Prime free. Because on Telus yeah. you earn Telus rewards. Oh, okay. Um, and I had enough to get a pass for the year on Amazon Prime, so I I did that. But, but don't you have Amazon ship the shipping thing? I I didn't. I'd never had oh, it before. Oh, gotcha. So okay. it's like I get I got the whole thing free because yeah. I I just got a code for it. I probably wouldn't have paid that with everything else that I'm paying. I bulk at paying for something like Spotify because I still like, as you can see from CDs. behind me physical cds i've bought three physical cds in the in the last month uh, that's arrived and I, I like to stick them in the car i like to play them in the house I, anything else i kind of just watch on youtube and i don't download them because I, I can just stick on youtube whenever so for me that's something that i don't like paying for now for other folk it's sport folk are like i don't really want to, to pay for sport there's enough sport on tv now, that makes it tricky for a, a company like One Soccer. Now, DAZN, they're around the world and they've got a big business model and they're doing well. And they've got top, top action. A question I want to put to you guys as Canadians. Where do you think football, soccer, lies in the Canadian landscape? If we look at five sports, CFL, NFL, so call, let's just call that for the sake of this, football. Hockey, baseball, basketball, soccer. Out of those five, one to five, with one being the most popular, which I guess in Canada, hockey. Ice hockey, yeah. Would he put soccer in that? I would put it at number, uh, and this is because a lot of the expats, I would put it at number three. Okay. I, was gonna say I, would put it, I would put it behind hockey and football. Um, I think it is ahead of basketball, even though... Uh, the coverage of basketball is more because of a Toronto team. 
uh, that just recently won a championship, even before they won the championship, they were on there. But I would put it at three, a, v- a very close three with basketball. I think baseball's at the bottom. I don't think very many people are. It's, it's, you can see it in, in America, too, that baseball, while it has its niche, but it's not as mm. popular as it once was among the general. I, I think basketball's ahead of it. I might be wrong, but um, I mean... In our household, it's number one. But yeah. see that 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 is the interesting thing because I think hockey and football, head and shoulders above everyone. And I'm talking here in terms of sports Deeper. to watch, not yeah, obviously take part in. And then the other three, I think you could make an argument for each one to be three, four, and five. The caveat I will say, Michael, though, is I will say f- association football in general is vastly. Uh, more viewers than like the CFL on its own, right? Like, yeah, NFL, yeah, but if you, yeah, if NFL, NFL takes that up, yeah, yeah, NFL, if you tie the NFL in, then you know, if you're just saying leagues like CFL, if you just take football to CFL and not include NFL, then I would yeah. say soccer's even ahead of that, yeah, I would say that. But if you include the NFL as a full sport, yeah, I would say soccer's back. That's why I think soccer. Because of all the people that watch for the in Europe game, European games and stuff like that, I think that's why I have soccer ahead of uh, basketball. The reason I was asking that is because the the makeup of Canada has changed a lot in the the last ten years, twenty years, thirty years. Population here is changing, and I think you do have more folk coming in from other countries where soccer is like a predominant thing. And I do think you could make a good case of it being the third, fourth, or fifth most popular sport to, to watch baseball folk that love baseball probably soak it all in I, I agree it's probably fifth but basketball and soccer I think they're very close yeah it's it's tough and the reason I was asking that is if you're then looking at soccer being third fourth or fifth most popular sport to watch curling I guess you could even put above it in, in certain sectors that makes the sell of it harder so you have to grow it. And th- this is the problem I have with one soccer having the rights that they do for Canadian stuff. And I want to put my caveat in here is I'm not blaming one soccer at all. They've done what they need to do as a business. Yeah, sure. They- they've bought stuff. And I think one soccer on the whole do a, a good job. I've got problems with their, or I've got issues with their app in that their app is not available, for example, on my LG TV it's not available on Fire TVs. It's not available on Fire Sticks. I have a Roku. I can get the app on that. On Firefox through Fire Stick, I can just go onto the website and I can watch it that way. So I don't have to cast it from phones. I don't have to attach my laptop, but that's other options as well. But in this modern day, you want ease. You want to just be able to click on an app and you can watch it. So I want to have a One Soccer app on my TV that I can just click. I'm in the app. And the app is way more user-friendly. Like when I do it on the Roku compared to watching it through Firefox, it's way, way better. And ultimately, if you're Media Pro, if you're Canada Soccer, if you're Canadian Soccer Business, and all your products are going to be on this one website, through this one app, you want it to be an app that is available in as many places as possible, one that works, and one that gives a good impression of your company and your product because, frankly, the, the whole One Soccer setup does not do that just now. So when you've got that, and you've got the fact that you're trying to be growing the game in Canada, I mean, we're talking there that Canada might be the third, fourth 
most watched popular sport of the big five sports in Canada, you want to try and grow it. How do you grow it if the casual fans have to pay for a service that they're never in a million years going to pay for? What casual fan is going to say, oh, I'm kind of interested in the Canadian national team. Oh, they're playing the Cayman Islands today. I think I'll, I'll pay a 5.95 day pass for that. I genuinely don't think there's going to be that many. I would love One Soccer Media Pro to be very open with their subscriber numbers, but I'm pretty sure they don't want to because from everything that I've heard, they are not fantastic. We know that Media Pros had issues in France. This cannot be a business model that is making the money just now. Now, on the other side of that, it's great that they have invested in Canadian football. I, I love that a company has done that and you should support businesses that want to support the game here. But whereas we're all diehards and we might be in for this, the way that they're going to make their money is by taking this game, this sport, this product, if you want to call it that, to the next level. Getting the casual fans, tapping in with fans that maybe don't watch the Canadian Premier League just now, don't watch the the national team, and you're not going to do that through a pay streaming service. Yes, TSN, Sportsnet aren't free either. CBC is maybe the only free option because you could technically still get it with your rabbit ears. What is the the, the right solution to this? What is the, the answer to this? I, I don't know. Aside from some games have to be available to the general public, the sad thing for me is we've got such a great crop of talent in Canadian soccer just now at club level, at national team level, and the vast majority of the Canadian public are not getting the chance to watch them. And I I just think that's heartbreaking, really. But let us know your thoughts. A couple of you have. Murray left a, a message on the website saying that he's not a fan of one soccer for the national teams. Personally, I did not pay for these matches. I would maybe consider paying a one-day fee to view games that are more compelling. I am not interested in paying to watch CPL soccer. I'm a soccer fan, but I, but I can get my fill for now with better quality video and better quality announcers on TV, and I am sold in the sport. There are 100,000 players of this sport in Alberta. I imagine the number is close to that in BC and far greater in Quebec and Ontario. There are more registered soccer players in Canada than hockey players. That is a large potential audience for the national teams. I can understand them not being a big draw in years past. The quality wasn't there, but now this team is compelling but you don't draw those young players in by having them beg their parents to pay to stream a national team game so they can watch Alfonso Davies or Jordan Hutema, if those kids even know that one soccer exists. One of the first rules of marketing is to go where your customers are. I'm pretty sure that one soccer is not where a lot of potential soccer viewers are hanging out. Canada soccer is missing a huge opportunity to boost the culture of the game in the country with this talent pool right now, by hiding their product behind a poorly streamed paywall. And having the One Soccer announcers promote subscriptions on their broadcasts, the only people that can watch them are already subscribing. Maybe only for one day, but still, not the best tactic to bring in new viewers. And that last point there, if you've 
followed any of the guys involved in, in One Soccer and the, even the CPL website on, on Twitter or other social media, they're fairly plugging the, the site just now. It almost sounds like a desperate plea of, please subscribe, we, we need to get our numbers up. And I get that. And it's like, I, I now have a subscription to One Soccer for a year. And I genuinely feel if you support the game here, and that's the only way that you're going to be seeing the games, you should support this site. I still don't think it's ideal, even saying all that. So great stuff there from Murray. Let us know your thoughts on it. Send us a tweet at AFTN Canada. Leave a message on the website, AFTN.ca. Or shoot us an email, AFTNCanada at Hotmail.com. Do you have your One Soccer subscription? If not, why not? If you do, what do you think of the service? Are you happy with the app and everything like that? Where do you feel the national team games should be broadcast? Many people feel that national team games should be free to air, but you, you have to even just look at Scotland as an example. To, to watch all the recent World Cup qualifiers, you had to have a subscription to Sky Sports to watch it in Scotland. So even there, it's not all free to air. and You do have to have a pay service. As I said, there's no easy answer to solve this, and I don't think it's going to come anytime soon, but we'd love to know your thoughts and keep the discussion going. That is pretty much it for this week's show, but before we go, we've got to finish with this week's Wavelength. And this is a a special song I have dug out. I was keeping it for a, a future month where we were going to be playing songs dedicated to specific players, That wasn't going to be this month, but it is now. And I'm going to kick it off with this song. And it's a special song for you, Zach, to commemorate a very special moment this week. It's from 2019. And it's a song about a player that currently plays his club football for Leeds United. And on the international stage, his country's had a very big week. The player, Gianni Alioski. The country... Macedonia. Shock. 2-1 winners over Germany midweek. Fantastic result for the country. And we talked right off the start of the show the Easter movies. For Steve, it's the Ten Commandments. For me, it's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And this is a song using the theme tune from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. This is a band called the Macedonians with O.U. Gianni Alioski. Why, that's Gianni Alioski. Can you hear the Leeds fans sing? Alioski, Gianni Alioski. 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 Oh, you, Gianni Alioski. Gianni Alioski, we love you. And with Gianni Alioski, Gianni Alioski, what we'll do, we'll beat every team around. He's a super number 10. Super Gianni Alioski, our Macedonian friend. Super Gianni Alioski, our Macedonian friend. Alioski, Gianni Alioski, 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 Alioski, Gianni Alioski. Oh, you, Gianni Alioski, Gianni Alioski, we love you. And with Gianni Alioski, Gianni Alioski, what we'll do, we'll beat every team around. He's a super number 10. 
Super Jenny Alyoski, our Macedonian friend. Super Jenny Alyoski, our Macedonian friend. He zooms like a motor car, he purrs like a Jaguar, he prowls up and down the wing. He's frequently found offside, he fills all our hearts with pride. Now hear all the Leeds fans sing. Alyoski, Jenny Alyoski, Alyoski, Jenny Alyoski. Alioski, Jenny Alioski, oh Jenny, you, Jenny, Jenny Alioski, Jenny Alioski, we love you and Jenny with Jenny, Jenny Alioski, Jenny Alioski, what we'll do, we'll Jenny beat Jenny, every team around, he's a super number ten, super Jenny Alioski, our Macedonian friend, super Jenny Alioski, our Macedonian friend, Alioski, Jenny Alioski, Alioski, Jenny Alioski, our Macedonian friend. Alioski, Jani Alioski, Alioski, Jani Alioski. Oh, you, Jani Alioski, by the Macedonians there. Rounding off tonight's show with a fun song to celebrate Macedonia's fantastic 2 1 win over Germany. Fun fact we'd actually recorded some stuff with Zach for this part, but a slight technical glitch meant that the last 10 minutes of our show was not recorded, was completely wiped, I've had to re-record it, so unfortunately we did not get Zach's reactions to that song. But that is it for this episode. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. I'll be back on Twitter in the next week or so. You can find me there at ZacharyAM. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me online, AFT in Canada on Twitter, AFTN.ca is our website for all your Whitecaps and MLS stuff, chat, podcast and a lot more. And please give us a like, subscribe and a thumbs up on YouTube. YouTube.com backslash Canada. We're trying to get our numbers up. We're trying to get to a thousand to get the monetization going on our videos. We've got quite a few things that we hope to get up on YouTube this month. But that is it for this week's show. We also hope to be back midweek, as I mentioned, with another special podcast. Until then, or until the next time, whenever that may be, thanks for listening, take care, happy Easter, and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
E.F.